Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Radically Loved. And today is Wisdom Wisdom Wednesday. Question? I like that we kind of try to harmonize. I still feel like we're those two little old ladies at the tea shop. Like just And I have my cat. It's so appropriate. Got her cat. She's got her cat, you guys. And oh, I left my roller in the background. If you're watching the video, you see the little bit of a mess I have in my kind of newly upgraded studio. I've got my higher dose bio mat that I sit on every morning acupressure mat like what no does it do? it's like a it has pmf it's got this technology <laughs> i don't even know how to describe it <laughs> it's um it heats up so it's got different settings on there and it's got these black tourmaline and amethyst crystals in there and it's supposed to really elevate your vibration <laughs> Do, do you feel it's it elevating? These, it's one of these vibration. like biohack things. When I start to talk about it, I feel totally silly saying, <laughs> oh, it's got this really. But I will say that it's supposed to help with recovery, circulation, and it gets really hot. It's got different settings. I don't ever go that hot, but I, I've been using it every morning. I actually only started using it after I had COVID mm-hmm. because it just felt like really nice. My back was so sore. So I would just lay on there and it just felt really nice to have, you know, like a heating pad. Yeah. You know? oh, well, that sounds um, amazing. Yeah. So I used it for the first time at my therapist's office. She has a biomat and she put these binaural beats. She's so cool. She's like this total hippie and oh, I love her. really into Kundalini yoga. Like she is so awesome. And yeah, I put the bineural beats on and it's just, I loved it so much. I had to get one for the Zenden. So I did. I just wrote it down because I would like to look into that myself. I'll send you the link. Maybe Kathy, if Kathy will do us a solid and put the link here. Actually, you know what? They were doing uh, $75 off if you use my name. You could still try and maybe use it. They have different ones. So I did get this big one the big boy, and I got the travel gal. So I plan to bring the travel gal one with me when I do retreats and stuff. Oh my gosh. Yes. Which by the way, you heard it here first. We've got two international retreats tentatively planned for next April and October. Oh, where? Where are we going? Where are we going? Exactly. Because I'm like, I should probably tell the person that's probably going to be there with me, helping me. I can't say it on the air, but okay. I will tell you once we're done. And those of you that get the newsletter, you'll get all of this information. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, I would definitely sign up. There's so many cool things coming up, especially gearing up to 
for the book launch, the pre-sales coming soon. I'm going to reveal the cover of my book. There's some really cool goodies that I'm going to be giving away. So definitely go to my uh, website and sign up for the newsletter. There's some, some good stuff in there. That being said, it is Wisdom Wednesday. And I was hoping that you had some thoughts for us today, Tessa, because I know that you've been really digging into your wisdom the last couple of weeks. I do. Well, I have a question for you and listeners about the concept of luck or, yeah, right? Like, so I was having this conversation with a dear friend of mine this morning. If they asked me if I believe in luck. (laughs) And I was like, huh, what an interesting question. I feel like we should bring this to Wisdom Wednesday and ask the broader group. And I said, yes, I do believe in luck. I gave a specific example and I'll tell you the example. So as you know, dear listeners, I flew to Germany a couple of weeks ago and I had a layover in Iceland. So I had four legs of travel, all four legs of travel. I got the entire row to myself. Like the plane was just for me, my own row. And I felt like, well, that was really lucky. So do you believe in like, okay, so you're driving around looking for a parking spot, looking for a parking spot, like you're going to be late. And then magically this person reverses and pulls out right in front of the place where you need to be parked. Is that luck? Is that just being in the right place at the right time? So do you believe in luck and what does that mean? Like, how would you even define luck? Oh, you're asking me. You're asking the audience. Both. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wow. It's such a great question, Tessa. You should have a podcast. Um, Oh, oh, you do have a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. This is such a great question. Being a career student of paradoxes, I have two answers for you as usual. There will be my left brain answer and then there will be my right, more esoteric feeling about spirit angels and Mm -hmm. whatnot. Mm -hmm. So the first one is believing in luck. So my understanding is that luck serves as a useful function, right? It's like, Typically, it allows us to cope with chance events, like Mm -hmm. things that might happen, like you have an accident or there's a disaster. Typically, you know, they say that luck is reserved for staying optimistic, right? Mm -hmm. So that you're not really accepting that there are circumstances that are beyond your control, Mm -hmm. which there are, right? But that's, from my understanding, the belief of what luck is in a logical sense. It just Mm -hmm. allows us to cope with things that are beyond our control. It makes us feel more optimistic. It might make us feel better about a situation. That's as far as it goes. However, some things are just so random and so, like, There's so much synchronicity in certain things that happen that it's hard to believe that a whole slew of events happen so perfectly in perfect unison that create an outcome that couldn't have happened for any other reason 
than a divine intervention. Mm, yeah. Right? So yeah. let's dig into that one because that one's always more fun. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so God, there's been so many situations that I've personally been in where I just know that there was something else happening, something, some unseen force, some reason, something. When I was a teenager, we would go to these, these little like backyard gigs. And a lot of, you know, kids would have these little bands and we would go watch these, these shows all over LA, East LA, just Almani, Rosemead, all of these different areas in LA. And there was this one particular situation that I'll never forget. This was like my first interaction with something that was, I'm doing air quotes, luck. Mm. We were at this gig and inevitably there's always a fight that breaks out. Somebody always does something. Usually there's underage drinking and kids are listening to this really loud cacophony of instruments playing. And, you know, kids are crazy sometimes, especially these particular <laughs> kids uh-huh. in these areas of town. Well, we were getting ready to leave. The people I was with, we were getting ready to leave. And it was really late. And the person that had brought me to this this gig had left. And I was just kind of standing there with another set of friends who he drove this muscle car. And everybody always wanted to hang out with this guy that we were in high school with. And... Yeah, like everybody always wanted to like pile on, pile into this car and go cruising. And, you know, they, this group of of friends had asked, you know, if I wanted to go with them. And I was like, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling like, I don't know. There was something about it that just didn't feel good, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a recipe for disaster. Everybody's been drinking. Everybody's underage. But I, I'm only maybe 20 minutes away from home, so I should just go with them. And we piled in the car, no seatbelts. Everybody's just piled on top of each other. This car is, as I said, a, a muscle car. I can't even remember exactly what kind of car it was, but everybody was like wedged, sausaged into the back seat on top of each other, like uh-huh. kids <laughs> on top of laps, on top of laps. And I was kind of like in this little corner and there was a stoplight and there was a 7-Eleven there and I was really thirsty and I begged and begged. I'm like, can we just please stop? Like, I want to get something to drink. I want to get really what I wanted was a Slurpee. I'm like, I need to get a Slurpee. Please let me out of the car. And, And I got out of the car. They let me out. And then two other of our girlfriends got out. And the minute we got out, not seconds later, we hear this huge crash, huge crash. We weren't even, I don't know, five, six steps in. They got sideswiped by another drunk driver. And we had just seconds, you know, we, we ran, I mean, it was close enough for us to run over you know, ambulance shows up, you know, it was kind of a traumatic experience. Nobody died, which is 
good, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just remember that the feeling I had as we were approaching that stoplight, I could just feel this. I thought it was my own sense saying, oh, you're just really thirsty. Like make it a point. Internally, I remember saying to myself, make a point that you need to get out of this car right now. Like Mm -hmm. you need to get out of this car right now. So I got out and I just remember feeling, wow, that was really lucky, but that didn't, it just didn't sit well with me. I kept questioning why, why did I get out of the car right then? Why did I want to get out of the car so bad? I could have held it in. It was fine. I wasn't that uncomfortable, but the fact that we got out right then and just seconds later, this car gets T-boned at the intersection was just wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. There are other situations where things like that have happened where, you know, I go, I was driving to work one time. I was working at a mall at a hair salon and it was right after I just got my license. I got my license when I was 18 years old because I had been on probation for two, three years because I tried to steal a car. So I couldn't get my license until I was 18. (laughs) And I was driving to the Montebello Mall. I was driving to work and I was driving up the street that's very, there's a lot of hills and it's called, the the name is Walnut Grove. And I was driving up Walnut Grove. And most of the time when you're driving a street that you know, you're not really paying attention to sidewalk or things that you see on either side. You're just pretty much focused on the road. As I was driving, and I'll never forget this, I was driving up and I just happened to glance over to the right and see this tiny little head of a child, like on the side, on the street, not the sidewalk, on the street. I just see the top of this little brown haired skull pass by my, as I'm driving up, I see it to my right and I stopped And I turned around and this little two-year-old child is running down the street. Now there's some, some condos, apartments that are right up the street. So I get out and I grab, she just sees me and she extends her arms out and she comes running to me. And I pick her up and I'm just like, oh my God, what is going on? Like that child could have gotten hit. She was too short to be seen by a vehicle. What I'm saying is I could have just swerved a little bit closer towards the sidewalk. You know, we do sometimes if you're a gutter hugger like I am. (laughs) And I could have hit this little girl. And this story has a happy ending. I grab her and I put my hazards on and I'm just kind of looking around and I'm calling 911 and I'm kind of looking and uh, right up at the top of the street where this apartment condo complex, I see two people walk out and they see me and it was like her babysitter. She comes running and they start asking me questions and I was asking them questions. I'm like, who are you guys? Why do you have this child? <laughs> like, how do I know this child belongs to you? Like, you know, and yeah, it was a babysitter that was watching this little girl who had left the front door open. There's no gate or anything. These condos are just freestanding in the middle of the street. And her mom ended up getting a hold of me and called me her guardian angel and, you know, sent me all these gifts. And she was very sweet. I actually stayed in contact with her for many years, but that was luck. Was that luck? That was 
what was that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think my follow-up question to the concept of luck is on the subject of guardian angels. Like, is there a divine intervention? Is there someone watching over us in those moments when, you know, it's maybe it's not our time to go. Like I can think of a million examples of situations like that, that I've had. I think I've shared one of them on the podcast about my car accident. Have I told you? The one that happened when I broke my hand? Yeah. Let's share it again for the listeners who <laughs> have not, who don't want to scroll back to whatever episode that yeah. was. So it happened to be Rosie's birthday, actually. I'm riding my bike home from Portland. I'm going to teach a yoga class in Vancouver. And so I have to go through this very busy intersection as I usually do when I'm commuting home. And it just so happens. So I, I bike commuted for a long time into my office and I always left my helmet on my bike. I didn't lock it. I just kind of left it clipped there. And so on my lunch break, I walked through the parking garage and I noticed that my helmet was gone from my bike. And I knew that I had to commute home that day. So I like walked around. I asked uh, lost and found, I asked the security guard, like anybody turned in a, a helmet and I got to the end of the day and I still had no helmet. And I was like, ah, it's just one day. Like, it'll be fine. I do this all the time. <laughs> so I get on my bike I start riding home. And then I get to this big intersection and I have a green light. So I have the right of way to go through and it's like a really, cause it's July. So it's a sunny, bright day. The sun's shining directly into oncoming traffic. And there is a car that doesn't see me going straight through the intersection. That's turning left against traffic. And so I kind of T-bone into him as he's turning left in front of me. And I, I remember having this moment where I was like, I'm going too fast. I know that I cannot stop in time to avoid this crash. (laughs) And so I had this kind of really interesting lucid moment where I was aware and I completely relaxed my body. It was bizarre. Like I can't even tell you how I did that, but I just remember totally relaxing and I was able to turn my front wheel enough that I just sideswipe with my right forearm. And I, the only thing I broke without wearing a helmet going fast was my forearm. My bike didn't break. I had my backpack on with my laptop in it and nothing else broke. It was just my forearm. And then, so I'm like a couple of seconds later, I don't know. I'm like laying in the middle of the street, just kind of stunned looking up at the sky going, Oh my God is my backpack. Okay. It's my laptop. Okay. All of a sudden, all these people rush and I look up and there's like this halo of like 10 faces looking down at me, yelling at me not to move. (laughs) And so I'm like, um, I think I'm okay. Like, can I at least get out of the street? And as I stood up, I'm like, Oh, I, I can't move my arm. Like, I don't feel my arm. This feels weird. And so I eventually get off to the side of the street and ambulance comes and they're like, were you wearing a helmet? And I was like, um, no, I couldn't find it. Like, I think somebody stole it. And like, if I had not turned my wheel to the left before I hit that car, I would have doubled over it, hit my head, possibly had a concussion or like broken my spine. So it was, it was my ability to kind of maybe foresee 
right? Like the pragmatic side of me got lucky enough to acknowledge that I needed to relax my body and turn my wheel or was it divine intervention? It wasn't my time to go. And my guardian angel was like, relax your body, Tessa. (laughs) You know, I mean, what is the answer to that? It is, it was bizarre, but so when something like that happens, I think it's really interesting on a physiological level, what goes on in the body? Because I remember feeling zero pain, zero pain. And I mean, I was even kind of like in this state of euphoria. It was almost like a bizarre happiness that I just felt so lucky to be alive. Yeah. Wow. One of the things that bummed me out the most while we were in lockdown is not being able to get a mani and a pedi. And I know that sounds a little bit first world problems, but let's be honest, I like to have a manicure. I get these little things on the sides of my nails that if I don't cut them, I start to bite and hands in the mouth, not a good look for anybody. Enter my experience with Olive in June. Olive in June is the answer to creating salon perfect nails at home. Their Manny system is everything you need for beautiful salon perfect nails at home. And they even solved the problem of that one hand, you know, the one hand that's perfect and how you can't seem to get the other hand to look as good as the first hand. Please tell me that I'm not the only person who's had this problem. Olive and June's system sends you everything you need, all the tools you need in one box. I even learned what all the tools were for. And in my many years of trying to do my own nails or going to a nail salon, I never knew what to use for what part of the nail. Oh, and the key to evening out so that both hands have this pristine salon look is the special tool, the poppy. It's a patented brush handle that makes it so easy to paint both your hands. Who would have thought a little poppable handle was the answer to all of my even manicure needs. The Olive and June Manny system is definitely a game changer for me. My nails look professionally done and my one other hand doesn't look like my five-year-old niece painted them. I suggest getting the Olive and June Manny system with six polishes. It breaks down to just $2 a Manny. I used to spend $35 or more for one manicure. And now not only is it less expensive, but I can do it from the comfort of my own home. And you guys know I'm a homebody. They make it super easy to find the perfect color, whether it's a specific color you're looking for or you're wanting to do something for the season. For me currently, it's the fall and the cinnamon brown is giving me all kinds of life. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com forward slash loved for 20% off of your first Manny system. This is an exclusive offer for all of our listeners. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com forward slash loved. Use promo code loved at checkout to get your Manny system. Oliveandjune.com forward slash loved. Use promo code loved. A special shout out to Olive and June for also being a female owned company. How comfortable are you after each meal? If you're struggling with discomfort, bloating, or other stomach issues, your body may be sending a signal. But what is it trying to say? Learn more about your body's response to everyday foods and set yourself up for success with a two-part elimination diet with EverlyWell. EverlyWell offers affordable at-home lab tests that give you trusted, physician-reviewed results 
Choose from tests including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, and so much more. Here's how it works. Everlywell ships you a test straight to your door with everything needed for a simple sample collection. Return the test to a CLIA certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. Then your physician-reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. I've always struggled with food sensitivities, and I've never actually taken a test where they detail exactly each food, each category, and what I have the highest sensitivity to. It turns out that I'm highly sensitive to almonds, which is totally fine because I love peanut butter way more. The test was super easy and I was able to collect my sample and put it back into the box and ship it the next day. And when I got my results, it was so cool to see everything broken down into categories. I also love how Everlywell gives you the support that you need to begin your elimination diet. And for all of our listeners, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com forward slash loved. That's everlywell.com forward slash L-O-V-E-D for 20% off of your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com forward slash loved. On Wondery's podcast, Even the Rich, co-hosts Arishia and Brooke share their stories behind some of the most famous and infamous families in history. And in an all-new season, Even the Rich, Murder in the House of Gucci, they explore the life, incredible rise, and horrific murder of Maurizio Gucci. And yes, you heard it right, Gucci, as in, that's so Gucci, I'm doing air quotes. And those Gucci's, the family, the one, the legendary fashion houses of the world, you guys know I love me some crime podcasts. On the morning of March 27, 1995, Maurizio strides through the streets of Milan. He's the patriarch of the famous fashion world family, and Maurizio lives up to the family's hype. He is striking figure, handsome, elegant, confident, and of course, immaculately dressed. As Maurizio steps into the courtyard, a man shoots him three times. Who committed the crime? Investigators will have to dig deep into Maurizio's whole life if they want to solve it. Even the rich murder in the house of Gucci brings you the shocking story of this fashion icon's life and death. I mean, the twists and turns this thing takes, it is such a binge-worthy podcast. I've listened to it twice. So if you're into crime podcasts like I am, I can't wait to hear what you thought. Let me know on Instagram. Send me an email. I want to hear your thoughts. You can listen to Even the Rich on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Happy listening. Finally, it's time for the cozy socks and to get curled up on the couch. Fall is my absolute favorite time when it starts to get colder and I finish my day on the couch watching a little bit of TV, especially when the shows are a must watch like I'm always finding on Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres and originals you won't find anywhere else. With Acorn TV, there's always something new to discover. It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, which are my favorite, dramas, comedies, and so much more. And I'm sure you'll be surprised to hear that I'm excited for the Manhunt premiere, which starts October 18th. If you've not watched the first season of this on Acorn TV, if you're into real-life stories of police pursuits, this show is for you. You can add the app on your TV, or you can stream it from your phone or watch it from your computer. Try Acorn TV for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code LOVED. But you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's A-C-O-R-N dot 
TV, use the code LOVED to get your first 30 days for free. I personally, obviously, I believe in luck. I think I had this conversation with somebody at one point that I was trying to make the point of the spiritual side of luck and how I I do believe in spirit guides. I believe in angels. Like I definitely believe that there is a force that we can't see and that sometimes guides us into making that right turn or sending that note or locking your door or whatever it might be. And as I was having this conversation with him, I said, okay, like if you don't, you know, what's the common saying, if you break a mirror, you get seven years bad luck. And I mean, I don't necessarily believe that, but I'm not trying to break a mirror. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, I don't necessarily, I think if you break a mirror, fine, but I don't believe the seven years bad luck, but I'm not actively pursuing trying to break a mirror. And that was the point that I was making to him. And he agreed where I said, if you don't believe in luck, then why don't you take more chances or Mm -hmm. decide to do things differently? For me, Tori and I use that word a lot, oddly enough. You know, he was ordering some supplies for his business and got the last round. They've had so many shortages with supplies that he's needed because of COVID. And he has been very lucky with getting all of his supplies that he needs for the things that he's building and we always say, oh, that's so lucky. Like, you're mm. so lucky that you were able to to get that. It's such an interesting thing because I think we use that term so loosely that I could see the negative connotation of it. I've had people say to me like, oh, you're so lucky. Mm. You're so lucky to have gotten a book deal. Or you're so lucky to have a good relationship. Or you're so lucky to whatever it might be. I look at that and I'm like, no, that's not luck. That's just being tenacious and militant about my time and dedicated and committed. That's not luck. That is hard work. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference, right? And so I I think the luck that we're talking about here and what we're finding in this conversation is that luck can be very a very nuanced thing. But I love the idea of seeing luck as something more than just an event. There's a story I talk about in the book, towards the end of the book, it's a chapter on um, on grief. And I'm not going to give away the full story yet, but there was a situation where I was almost putting myself in a situation where it could have been bad. And it actually did end up being bad for two of my, two of my childhood friends. And I think about that often, I think about how there was so many other situations in my life where even trying to steal a car, like I could have easily gotten shot or something, you know, I could have gone to a house party as a 13 year old girl in a room full of adult men who most of them had been in trouble with the law at some point and had something bad happen. Mm -hmm. And it didn't. Do you see what I'm saying? There's just been so many situations in my life that actually pointed me in the right direction because I kept sort of skating by that, you know, agent of death, 
so mm. to speak, where I felt like it was very close, like sometimes too close for comfort, where I felt, had I just done this differently, I wouldn't be here right now. Mm. And why didn't I? Mm. So I won't, I won't sit and dwell on, wow, like this could have happened or that could have happened. And I could be in another place or maybe I wouldn't be here now. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. But I rest in the knowing of that divine intervention, the energy of that luck being something more spiritual, something more, something that I can't see that Mm -hmm. helped guide me to continue to making better decisions for my life instead of ending up in a place where I either wouldn't be here or I would regret for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. I also wanted to go back on something that you just mentioned because it was part two of this conversation I had this morning, which was when is it luck or when is it like, you know, you're so lucky to get a book deal. You're so lucky that you have this amazing long-term relationship. When is it? I was making the argument this morning that I feel like it's a kind of a fine line between luck and perseverance. You know, a lot of us don't see the action beyond or behind all of the things that get us to the place where we're at, right? Like building radically loved that took, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, tears behind the scenes to Mm -hmm. create something. And yes, it is. I was making the argument that it's energy follows thought, right? So whatever it is you're thinking, whatever it is you're working towards, it's not just magically manifested out of thin air. There's an action behind it. And where does that action start? It starts with the, with the seed of thought. So I was trying to make the argument that is that related to luck? Is it totally a different thing? Is it just that you're persevering or are they related concepts that maybe one of them has more of a logical hat? It's like, like, does the perseverance bring about luck? You know, I like this idea because I know a lot of people don't believe in luck. They believe in hard work. I could also say luck is just maximizing your opportunities, remaining optimistic, being patient, all of those things that you can look at and say, yeah, you want good luck. You're going to have to work for it. You have to breed the ground that is going to bear the fruit of an opportunity of good fortune. I really do think that Yeah, it's like energy follows thought and thought follows energy. If you're putting good, honest effort forth, it makes sense that it's going to be returned to you. Now, here's the, I always have to do the little nuanced experience to that is what happens when you are maximizing opportunities and you're putting all the good effort in and you're doing all the work and you're still not seeing the results? There's two ways of looking at that. Number one, it could just be that it's not time yet. The timing isn't right. Or you have to do some self-inquiry whether what you're doing is actually serving your highest good. Those are always the questions to ask. Anytime anybody's ever came to me and asked, how do I know that 
this is working. There was so many times I wanted to give up on Radically Loved. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting to even think about it now. There were so many times I wanted to quit and I wanted to stop doing this. I Nobody was listening to the podcast. I felt like this is taking forever. How am I supposed to get hundreds and thousands of people to listen to this podcast when I'm barely getting like seven downloads and they're all my friends? And how am I supposed to build this platform? How am I supposed to build this community And it took a lot of time, but every time I came back to the same questions, the same internal questions, who are you doing this for? And why are you doing what you're doing? And if you can answer those questions wholeheartedly from an authentic and genuine place of your highest truth, then you'll know what to do. You'll know if quitting is the right thing for me whenever I would ask myself those questions, I would come back and say, no, like I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what's serving my highest good for now. And I'm not saying it won't change. There was so many times where I said, oh, this will be the last year. And then something would happen. Oh, wow. We have sponsors now. Like, okay, let's do this show with sponsors. And now that we're actually able to afford to have a podcast, because let me tell you something. You don't start a podcast to try and make money. That is lucky. If you're able to, you create a podcast to share your message and the after effect, if people are receiving what you are are putting out in the world, then you can begin to explore monetizing your podcast. But if you're coming into this thinking that you're going to make thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars... This is, you can't afford to be a podcaster, you know? It's like the same thing I tell my friends that came here that moved to LA to become an actor. I was constantly working as a coach at the time with them, asking them, okay, what are you doing? They'd be depressed because they're not booking any jobs. They're not getting any work. And they've been here for two years and three years, and they're still not booking jobs and they're still waiting tables. And I would say, are you taking classes? Are you out there talking to people? Are you doing auditions even for things that you feel like might not be what you want to be doing? Are you actively living in your career path as if it's happening now? My biggest thing was like the education. I'm a big fan of educating yourself and taking classes and doing courses and immersing yourself in the work. And one of them would say, well, I can't I can't afford to take acting classes. So you can't afford to be an actor. Like you can't afford the career that you want. You know, I would say the same thing to anybody who wants to be a yoga teacher. It's like, you want to quit your job and be a yoga teacher. You should be able to afford it. Can you afford to be a yoga teacher? Can you afford to continue your studies? Can you afford to continue to be proactive in your evolution and your exploration as a human being and providing something of value? Can you financially afford to do that? Because a lot of that doesn't pay. Do you know what I'm saying? So going oh, back, yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> going back, Tessa's like, mm-hmm, yes, yeah. I get that. To the choir. <laughs> yeah. But That being said, I'm bringing this to the surface because it is the reality. Now, all of the people that I know that are successful, that I would say are successful, have a nice life. They live a nice lifestyle. They 
can afford to pay their bills. They can take a vacation if they want. They can buy a biomat, et cetera. These people, it doesn't happen overnight. It does not happen overnight. And you need to be able to put yourself in a pathway where you are generating luck, but you're also maximizing your opportunities when you do get that luck. That really is the key there to how luck can actually serve your life. How are you maximizing what just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, like how are you making this a part of your hero's journey as opposed to now I'm injured, I can't do anything. I lost my job because of COVID. Like there's no way I'm going to ever get a job, you know, or I'm depressed because I just broke up with my partner and yeah, like I am not interested in relationships at all. And that's okay. Take your time to heal. I'm a big fan. Yeah. Have your, I call it a pity party, but I'm talking like with my pities, I've got three of them, uh, pit bulls. So I'm like, that's my pity party. It's like, I just sometimes have to have a pity party. I have to sit down with the dogs and just not think about something that didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And how do you build up from that? How do you move forward from that? How do you still stay motivated when you are in that position of you've been doing something for five years and it's still not resulting, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm working on this keynote speech for on resilience, actually, for a speaking event that I'm doing next year, early next year. And this whole idea of resilience is just making me think of the luck thing that we're talking about. And I did my table of contents and my first book pitch back in 2014. So it's been seven years. I had already been building. So I started Radically Loved back in 2013. And it's been how many years now? Eight? Yeah, it'll be in 2022. That'd be nine years, right? Yeah, so very long time. And it took probably about seven to get a book deal, to get an agent, to do all that stuff. That's seven. Seven years is a very long time. And I go even further back in time to when I started teaching yoga and how long that took to get to the place where I'm at now. That's been more than, I don't know, that's about close to 15 years. That is a long haul investment. Now, with where I'm at in my life, respectively, as a whole, career-wise and such, I'm in a great place. I am in a financially abundant space. I feel totally happy with my home. I'm in a good place to feel like I can create more content and create more experiences and connect with more people and help more people. But this took a really long time. Now, it's not a very attractive sell to people that want to have something happen right away. And it never is. You don't hear all these business coaches and people that are out there selling their courses and their certifications saying, you know, they're like 10 times your growth or 10 times your income in months, you know, some MLM or whatever people are selling. 
but they don't tell you about how much work it is, how hard it actually is. Now, I'm not saying that as a way to discourage. I'm just being realistic. However, what I have found is that if you are committed and you know in your heart that this is what you want to do, it works 100% of the time. Show me one time where that's not the case. I am totally with you in listening. And um, and yeah, I'm thinking back to a conversation that you and I had on this subject. It was probably like four years ago when I was at the precipice of leaving my corporate job. And you said something to me that I will never forget, which was being an entrepreneur takes a certain gravitas and not everyone has it. That grit, that determination, that stick to that it takes to do this thing, building your own business or building your own brand and eventually generating income or, you know, being able to take care of yourself from it. And it takes time. And so every time I'm like exhausted because I'm working harder than I ever did in the corporate work world and longer hours. And I say something to my partner, Jorge, he's like, be an entrepreneur, they say, <laughs> you know, kind of sarcastic yeah. and cheeky. Yeah. And I, and I always think back to that conversation that we had and, and it wasn't like I wasn't aware of what I was getting myself into. And I'm allowed to have those days where I'm like, God, I'm just tired. Like this is a grind yeah. and, and I'm tired. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay to have the experience of, it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong. It's okay to have the experience of, wow, this is a lot of work. This is, I feel like I want to quit a million times and just get a desk job because it's the easy, comfortable thing to do. But I'll tell you something, and you know this, Rosie, I knew that if I stayed in that desk job for the rest of my life, number one, I would regret it. And number two, I would have been miserable because I was miserable anyways. I was like crying myself to work every day. And I'm definitely not crying myself to work every day anymore. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> there was a little bit of a pause there and I was like, wait, are you sure? I want to make sure. <laughs> no, um, no, no, I'm sure. Yes. You know, God, that's so, I said that. I'm like, oh, that's really Yeah, good. you did. We that's, had tea uh, at Chai Tea Tea. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Tea Chai Tea. Yes. Right. Oh, love that place. Yeah. It. Tor- I laugh. Tori says this. This is his quote. And I always laugh. He goes, People that are self-employed or us, he refers to us as the entrepreneurs, right? He goes, us knuckleheads will work 18 hours a day to not work eight hours a day for the man, you know? We're the ones that'll work that 16, 18 hour day to not have to clock in somewhere for eight hours. And he's totally right because we... There is no clocking in and clocking out. I've made my schedule now where I do clock out at a certain time just because I'm being a psychopath about my sleep. But yeah, and I love doing it. I really do. At the end of the day, I go to bed and I say, you know, I'm building something. I'm still building something and I'm happy. I'm so happy. Had I been doing what I was doing before, I would not be happy. I wasn't happy. So that's why I quit. And what I will say just to, you know, give the people out there who are on the fence, there's nothing wrong with having a desk job. You know, if that's you, babe, like do it. That makes you happy and you're content and you can live your life, living your best life. Awesome. I'm not that person and neither is Tessa. 
And you know what? I don't know if maybe it changes. I don't know. Maybe 10 years from now, I decide I want to go back to school or I want to do something else. I threatened that maybe twice a week. I say, I want to go back to school and study something different just because I love to learn. But this entrepreneurial experience, and I'm going to tie it into the luck thing because I feel like it all really comes together. It really does take a certain type of discipline and tenacity and dedication and commitment and a thick skin. Mm. Yes. And if you don't have a thick skin, honey, let me tell you something, you will build it Mm. because there's nothing like getting rejected or spending your hard earned dollars on something that doesn't work several times over and over. It really does build a thick skin and it allows you to reprioritize the things that matter to your life. I wouldn't change this for anything in the world for myself, but I know that there are people out there whose this is not their path. Like for example, my older sister, she always knew she was going to be a teacher. You know, she has tenure. She loves what she does. She will always be that stronghold working for the LA Unified School District. Like that's her life. Mm -hmm. And she has a paycheck. She's got very turnkey, very simple. And I could never do that. I could not do that. And she's happy, content. They live a great life, her and my brother-in-law, and they're both teachers. And there's something nice about that. You know, they take a couple months off, they go and they travel, they do their thing. And for me, I'm like, uh, no, I'm working. Uh, oh, Thanksgiving, Tori's birthday. Yeah, I'm working that day. (laughs) Like you just reprioritize, but I don't ever feel like I'm missing out on a life. And that's what I felt when I was working that a job. I felt like my life was happening and I wasn't a participant and I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So the luck then comes in when you open yourself up to it and you proactively begin the movements and strategies and dreaming towards it, I believe that that's when things come into sync and your life begins to unravel in a way that maybe is meant to. That's all I got to say. So good. Great topic, Tess. That was fun. Yeah. So everybody, thank you so much for listening to Wisdom Wednesday. We are so, so, so grateful to have you here. As you know, we love to do this and we've not been doing this for very long, but you guys continue to listen. So we will appease. Um, Don't forget to check out our sponsors. They are what keeps the lights on. So please support, support our sponsors, support us. And we will be back. I always say we. It's because you're with me in spirit. We'll have another episode dropping on Friday. So stay tuned. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us. Message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this. So please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.